What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Now, I'm talking to you here at the beginning of the show. This isn't the actual episode that I have planned. I'm just punching something in here at the beginning because I wanted to give a little bit of a slight warning here. So... The actual show that I have planned for you to listen to today here on Rock Strikes 10 is yet another sit-down, one-on-one with a direct member of the CNJ Radio family. That would be Mr. Pete LaRussa. If you're any kind of friend of the show, you know Pete. Pete's the guy that does the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. If you listen to the end of the show, you hear it every time. That WKRP theme, that's Pete and his band Spacebeard. So Pete came to town here, visited for a few days, and recorded an episode of the show here with me. It's a very easy theme. We're just going to talk about stuff that Pete bought while he was here in town and play songs off of it. Simple. And then just get into some general nerdy talk like we always do here on Rock Strikes 10. But the reason I'm coming in here at the intro is to bash Pete for spoiling all of his picks. No, I'm just kidding, Pete. I love Pete. No, actually, the reason I'm starting the show at the beginning and not just getting into it is because you're going to hear some audio issues in some of the clips. You'll just hear parts where the audio jumps. I don't know why. It's just been happening lately here with my recording equipment. So, you know, I don't mean to sound all Bush League and amateur hour, but I don't know what it is. It must be my computer or something or the program itself that I use to record this stuff on. And some of these files are large. I don't know what the deal is. But if you hear that, that is just how I have it. So sorry, and that's all. So hope you still enjoy the conversation. And I'm sure you'll enjoy the music. So without further ado, I'm going to intro me, introing Pete, and welcoming him to Rock Strikes 10. Enjoy. Welcome live in the CNJ studios, Mr. Pete LaRussa of the I Am Vinyl podcast and I Am Vinyl in general. Pete! How you doing today? Doing great, Joey, and I am having a great time here so far. First time in Texas. Yes, yeah, having a great time. I, I definitely will want to come back. Awesome. Pete LaRusso <laughs> is not a piece of shit. That's why he's here today. Thank or you. Else I, wouldn't I appreciate even, that. I wouldn't even be associated with you if that was the case, which is why I don't associate with half the rock podcasters out there. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just using you as a platform to trash other shows. That's not. That's not good stuff. Okay. So we, we did that thing where it's like, well, you got to do a Rock Strikes 10 episode. So it turns into, what are we going to do? Yeah. And it got to the point where we were just really overthinking it, which, you know, there is times to overthink it. It has its place. But we're going to keep it simple just to keep it loose. 
uh, it's Pete's last full day here. So as folks like us do, like, I don't know if I'm being a bad host as far as like what other people might think of me, but we did from it. We haven't really done like a ton of touristy stuff. It's a weird pocket of time here, like in mid June. The Rangers aren't in town, unfortunately. So well, yeah, let's tell that story because uh, I, <laughs> I am a you know old school baseball fan. So one of the first things I told Joey was, yeah. So I looked at the Texas Rangers baseball schedule, and the four days I happen to be here are just the, just happen to be the four days they happen to be in Detroit yeah. on well, a short road trip. Trust me, they don't want to be in Detroit either, but. <laughs> Damn, right? But uh, we're going to try to go out to see the Frisco Rough Riders tonight, which yeah. it's it's cool because it's, like, it's kind of like the old Texas Rangers ballpark in Arlington, but mm. like a mini compact version of it. Okay. So it's even laid out the same way. It's really cool, actually. So Minor league baseball games are always fun to attend. They're so. fun. You ever, if you ever go to any out there, I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, if you go to those minor league games, and they can potentially and usually are more fun, and even like the staff... And what I love is a lot of the ones that we've been to, it's like the guy that's in charge of the PA will have fun at the visitor's expense. Like, mm-hmm. it's expected that you roast the opposing team. It's very cordial in the pros, but, you know, when it's Bush League, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you have a little fun. So, I don't know if this would happen nowadays. I'm not getting into kind of, like, stupid cancel talk, but I remember specifically, like, just... One team getting loaded up with all like women's songs, like girl power types, like like Spice Girl songs, and <laughs> and man, I feel like a woman, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's just like whoa, man. Meredith Brooks. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. Yeah, I mean that. I remember a whole game where it was like that. So, I actually hope to see some of that tonight when we go. Now we really got to go. Like we can't just not go now. Yeah. Well, now we've talked about it, so yeah. now we're obviously going, unless it rains out or something yeah. like that. Next time you're in town, full blown karaoke party. I promise. Yeah. So. Well, we listen. We we've done some fun stuff. Yeah. You know, we hit we hit some arcades. We hit some good eateries. Yeah. Always. Uh, if you, if anybody comes down and sees me down here in the good old DFW, I'm definitely going to be taking you to a couple of free play arcades. But also, we're probably going to go to a lot of record stores, and that's pretty much what we have done here. Yep. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, we're going to do some other touristy stuff next time. I'm going to take them to Sixth Floor and all that jazz. But, yeah, a lot of record stores this time. We have good record stores out here, and we're going to talk about pretty much all of them. But mainly we're going to talk about the titles that have been purchased by Mr. Pete LaRusso. This is an easy one, so yeah. let's just go for it. Yeah. Pete, do you want to go chronological, or you just want to go first hand? Yeah, let, let's, go, let's go by uh, stores visited first to last. Yeah. Do you have so. any like friend at large moments where you're already like regretting and you just toss it in the air, you know, like remember uh, No, I don't have anything that's not not funky and grungy enough. I'm pretty good on on, on my selection, so nothing's gonna get tossed out in the air. <laughs> I used to love that. Crisscross, see ya <laughs> See ya <laughs> A Travis Tritt Christmas record. No. I still remember that. God, we're fucking nerds. Okay. Well, yeah, and you know, I'm not going to buy anything that I don't like. Either, I know. So. I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to do the reference because I knew you were going to go into the pretty funky, pretty grungy thing. Yeah, of so course. It's of always, course. it's always predictable. Top. Predictable it, Jones over here. It's tops with you. Ooh, yeah. All right, Mr. Jones. So, <laughs> what you got up first here? All right. Well, the first store we visited was Forever Young. Ah, yes. We'll make the reference to uh, Taiketo's. First album, Don't Come Easy on that one, from oh, my brother. Oh, my God. And they, have it, they had it there, too, didn't they? 
Did they on cassette? No, maybe? I don't. I didn't see it. But we did have that fun moment where we got in the car, like right afterwards, and the song was on the radio. It was, yeah. Thank you, Sirius XM yeah. Hair Nation Deep Cuts. That was great. Yes. So, yeah. Now the, the first thing I want to say is we walked into Forever Young, and I'm, I'm a big Kiss fan. So the first thing you walk in is you see this nice, big, huge Kiss Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what would you call that. Like a, uh, it's a it's a mini wall. Yeah, mini wall. So <laughs> that's immediately I was like, okay, I'm in the right place. So yeah. it's uh, it almost looked like something they would want to put at the border. You know, like yeah. so. <laughs> and I'm not talking about politics. I just I just thought, man, that thing's pretty tall. Right. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, it, my bit on Forever Young. This is I'm gonna do my side of it, and I'll send it back to Pete here. Like. Uh, I remember Forever Young has been around for a hundred years. It's it's a kind of a staple out here. It's off of 360 in Mayfield, about a mile away from Six Flags. A lot of people have been there. I've always called it the greatest window shopper in record store history because as long as I can remember, it's very overpriced. Mm-hmm. But I even said they've been planning for this era its entire existence apparently because they. I just expected to roll in there with the big vinyl resurgence over the last decade and change, and they just have like the stupidest prices of all time. They really didn't. They're nowadays they're kind of on par with everybody else. So I, I'm gonna you know just tell it like it is. Like their prices aren't terrible. There's some stuff that they're extremely proud of, and it's mostly their used or quote collectibles. Yeah, they're collectibles. That's a whole other bit. It's pretty impressive, though, what they have. Yeah, it's just one of those. I've talked to people that know like the owner of that place over the years, and it's like, yeah, he's insane. Like he's mental. Like, you know, for legit. F- fellow New Yorkers, you know, <laughs> if you're looking for certain stuff that you'll never find in New York City, you might find it at this place. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's fun to go waltz around in it and marvel at the absolute retroness of it. And it's not even like retro, like they're trying. That's just what they are. That's just the way the building looks. It's the way mm-hmm. it's set up. Looks like, like a jukebox. Like, like a four, it's, it's 40 feet from floor to ceiling, isn't it? I mean, at least, right? It has to be yeah, 40 or 50 feet. It's yeah. tall. Yeah, it's pretty tall. So they have these like display racks of box sets that go all the way up to the ceiling. And it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. But the thing that you probably hadn't seen in a minute, like since you were a kid or a teenager, is they have an entire whole wall of cassettes yes that and that that, i think we spent more time looking at the cassettes than anything else anything else we were just like wow they have this old obscure band and this old obscure band yeah because this i can completely just visit that store at any time and i can see all the 12 inches you know all the 12 inch singles all the promos for 25 dollars, and it's almost like capped at that it's i hate that because there's stuff i do want to own i'm like you clearly don't want this to sell but I gotta say, I've seen other stores over the years half price books. I've seen other <laughs> stores over the years jack up their, and I hate them for it because I still think it's a fringe thing. Yeah, I just absolutely. I just don't think. Yeah, the kids out there, there might be a market for, let's say, a Wilco cassette or a Taylor Swift cassette. I I understand that. Yeah, but to jack up the price of a Boston truck stop version of the debut album. It's stupid. It should always be just a couple of bucks at most. Oh, for sure. But I got to say their tape average is around four or five bucks right now. Yeah. So I, I think they're kind of cool on their tape game. So that if I ever go back again, like I said, that was like 15 years since I've been. And well, speaking, speaking of which, yeah, you mentioned the tape. I will mention the first one of the purchases I made was a cassette. Yes. Yeah, back to you, Pete. I'm sorry. I, to- no, okay. I totally hijacked uh, it just yeah. to get on my soapbox. You about bastard. That's yeah, okay. I know, right? <laughs> but the first, I'm not the first purchase I made, but I haven't purchased a cassette in a very long time, so that's what I really want to fucking 
10 years maybe or more can you, uh, you remember, know can you remember at a maybe, store mind sure, you at a store at a store mind you can you remember what like that tape might have been oh no at all? no no it's like i said it's probably over 10 years ago probably more i yeah. bought a cassette at a store very very long time a, like, a, ebay discogs is different if i was just looking to something yeah. for something that a, i wanted to put back in my collection a, but a, a in white, a store, a, a white label time. re-release of the elder with a different track listing right that's what it was <laughs> yeah. no that was baco never mind oh, okay, okay. Yes. so Having said that, and I, and I know you know you're obviously you were obviously uh, endorsing this purchase, and uh, you know we've talked about doing a, a show in the future someday in terms of, of the vinyl on the I am vinyl side. But the lone cassette I've purchased on this trip was one that I've actually really wanted for a very long time, and it's the original cassette of Living Colors Stain yeah. with the red case. Red case, very red important. And you know, four ninety nine in great condition. You know, yeah. case you know, case has seen better days in terms of shiny and new, but otherwise, no cracks, none of that. So yeah, well, I, actually, I will say, Living Color Stain is actually my favorite Living Color record. Oh, nice. You know, I, I know, you know, some people would probably go Vivid or Times Up. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a dark, bitter album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but I like it still. But it's, it's also the other fact that I really like it a lot is the drum sound. Ron Saint Germain. Fucking anytime he produced anything, you knew the drums were going to sound good. You know, Bad Brains, mm. Living Color, uh, Bonham. You know, you you name it. If he produced it, the drums are going to sound incredible. So okay. I think that that plays a, a big part in why uh, the production on Stain is you know is you know they they definitely should have lasted through that decade for sure. It's stupid, and they had a better second album, and no one seemed to care that much. You know, yeah. And of course, by the time you get to Stain, it's like okay. And the thing I find hard to believe is when you put it in context of like what Epic Records ended up doing with Rage Against the Machine and giving yeah. them the huge push. Yeah. Living Color was talking about a lot of that shit way before it didn't get, like, the gigantic push and letter to a landlord and expect that thing to blow up into some big exactly. commercial single. And I still say Glamour Boys was a big mistake. I will always say that. I don't hate that song, but I, I get why people don't like it. I don't hate it. It just shouldn't have been a single. It's 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 almost like a novelty song on the album, and it's fine. It works on the album when I listen to it, but I just think as a spotlight for that album and that band in general big mistake mm-hmm. the video is bad too by the way we'll, can we just agree on that <laughs> video is goofy yeah with the yeah. ken doll guys yeah, yeah. i mean video. i understand the 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 execution it just it was a poor execution anyway yeah. anyway so yes let, let's get to the music it's been a minute so mm-hmm. what song would you like to feature off of the great album stain by living color mind your own business all right well i'm just i just asked a question <laughs> all right here you go
kicking off the show today. Part of Pete's purchases in the DFW Metroplex area. That was to represent the cassette copy of Living Color Stain. That was Mind Your Own Business. 1994? 1993. 93. Okay, yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. I should know that shit. I was big on Leave It Alone when it came out, and I thought the record deserved better. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So moving on, now we get into the vinyl. Okay. So picked up two pieces of vinyl at Forever Young, and uh, both of them are actually upgrades from copies that I, I have at home, so I'm going to give those copies away. And the first... To the ninth caller. <laughs> yeah, ninth caller. Call in now. <laughs> Tell me the worst date you've ever been on. <laughs> hey, remember those? No, you don't, because you're listening to us. Okay. <laughs> so, first one up. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Who. As some you are the biggest Who fan I know, and I'm not. That's not being a disparaging thing. It's a great band. Okay. I, but yeah, you are the Who authority for me. If I have a go-to question, I will always ask you because. Yes. Yeah, and you you go deep. You got all the records, but you also have all the solo albums too. Most of them. I don't have all of them, but I do have, I do have a good amount oh. of Townsend solo albums and a couple of Daltries and I, yeah. and we're going to be talking about another one I, mean, I upgraded later. Obviously the meat's going to be in the Townsend solo stuff because yes. like he's the he's songwriter. songwriter. Yeah. yeah. And so he wrote some songs on yeah. Daltry's records. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I see. I didn't know that. That's... Under a Raging Moon, you know, oh. uh, there's a few songs on Under a Raging Moon that were written by Pete Townsend. Okay. Yeah, he's like, I think Ross said, Prince is the only guy that didn't have to worry about relying on people. He goes, every one of us has to rely on somebody. And I, I thought that was very telling and very honest, like almost painstakingly honest, because it's like, Pete does need Roger. It's just a thing. Yes. Like, you know, sure. everybody kind of needs somebody in that business. And like... Roger was the vessel for Pete's lyrics, which is awesome. That's cool that they found each other. It's like, but it's so weird that like Pete, who's so talented as a songwriter, can only get so far as a solo artist. I've always been fascinated by that thing, but it. I think it's also just because the band is so amazing. It's really just. I've seen people say put together the best supergroup ever, and I've seen people put all four of those guys on there. I'm like, you know, I can't even be mad about yeah. that. They are an absolute supergroup in a sense, you know. Anyway, continue. So what records did you get there? Well, number one, we're talking about The Who. So I picked up an original press. It says on here, it has it right on the price tag. Original first press. Yeah. Rainbow black label. The Who by Numbers, 1975. Pretty much mostly known for Slip Kid. Okay. And for, you know, fa fans who've, uh, who, love, who like me love the movie The Kid's All Right, yeah. you will immediately think of the, the song that opens side two, which is Success Story. Oh, yeah. well, what about Squeezebox? That's a big and Squeezebox, song. of course. How can I forget yeah. Squeezebox? Yeah, it was, it was like, actually a hit. Yeah, you're doing you're doing the fan you're doing the hardcore fan thing. Yeah, you just completely went over the the famous song that actually gets played on the radio. Yes. <laughs> but so, no, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even trying you... to. I'm not even trying to be that guy either. No, just... I, I know. I'm just I'm just giving you shit. What What do you think of Poison's version of Squeezebox? You know, I don't think I've ever heard it yet. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? That's to your credit if you've never heard the Hollyweird record, because that thing is fucking abysmal. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, get it on the Poisoned album, the the All Covers album. That's that's okay. a good, because they actually just throw it on there, because even they probably realize how terrible Hollyweird is. So it's on there. Okay. It's, it's fun, actually. It, it makes it makes sense. I can sense. see them covering that song very well. They give it the Poison Shuffle, as I call it. So that's to their credit. Anyway. Okay. But back to you. <laughs> okay, so then... The second record I picked up, Who Related, is a solo record by Mr. Peter Townsend. And it's another original 
I think it says original on the on the price tag, so I assume it's an original first press. It's also a good way to put an extra like zero in it if it says original. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, though you got if these are true originals, and I believe them to be because I. I feel like they they do have integrity as far yeah. as representing their albums on their shelf goes. Yeah, and is, all you got to do is look inside. You know, if you have a printed sleeve and you know, if you, and the yeah. vinyl, you, you could you could you could pretty much tell. Yeah, and even Pete is the guy you want to take to a record store if you don't know a whole lot, because even more so than a guy like me, he'll open that thing if it's open <laughs> yes. and he'll check the label and he'll check the sleeve. I love that. Yes, thing. I do. Yeah, yes, so. I really do. See, Empty Glass, I recognize this album. I, this yeah. has to be his most successful album as a solo artist, right? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would definitely say so. I mean, you have Rough Boys on here and obviously Let My Love Open the Door. Sure. So, yeah, obviously this is Pete Townsend's most successful solo record. So I, I needed a, a, I definitely needed a nicer copy of this, so I was really mm. glad to find this because really the vinyl nice. and the cover on my copy at home is definitely not as good as this one. So I was really, really glad to finally find a new one because I've wanted to upgrade this one for quite a while. So. Okay, nice. Anybody yeah. have no play on that? Uh, well, I, I will personnel. say this. If, you know, if again, we're talking uh, producers and musicians and such... But for people who are into The Clash and into The Sex Pistols, this uh, album was produced by Chris Thomas and engineered by Bill Price. Yeah. So really interesting. And you know, when you consider you know, Pete Townsend wrote the lyrics uh, for Who Are You, right? That, that whole thing was based on his uh, like an interaction with some of the guys in The, in the Pistols. If oh, I'm see, I, I see. I didn't know that. I, I believe so. Um, I thought it was an autobiographical tale about being in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it could be, but I, I believe there is that the, the connection. So I, I I love the fact that after that, after Who Are You, after you know those the lyrics in the song, that Townsend ended up working with Chris Thomas and Bill Price. Oh, I'm sure I he was definitely. Really cool. I'm sure he was aware of them. I don't. I, I wonder if he was aware at the time that they had a version of Substitute in the can. You know. Yeah. Because that came out later on Swindle. I would think there's 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 something out there. I mean, there's famous pictures of. Townsend sitting at a table, I believe, with Paul Cook and, and Steve Jones. Yeah. So nice. probably angling for a job at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. No, I'm talking about the, the boys, not Pete. Because, uh, yeah. like, you know, like I, I, I like Johnny, maybe not so much nowadays, but like I could see why that band broke up <laughs> as quick as they did. It's oh, like, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're entertaining as shit, but yeah, that, that was a band that could not last. So, I mean, even at that point, I bet they were already kind of like, eh, so what are you doing next year? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you need a new rhythm section? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, so what we're going to play to represent these two records, we're, we're going to compact it down to one song. Yeah. So one yeah. song to represent the two albums. Yeah. I, I'm, if we're anyone listen- play poison doing squeeze box. Okay. Yes. Right ahead. If okay. anyone has, has listened to the I am vinyl podcast, you, you'll know that I've already played success story from the who by numbers. And that would, that would be my immediate go-to. So in the interest of not doing the same thing on rock strikes 10, I'm going to throw out a dedication to my older brother, Vincent, have a little fun here. Mm. And also to, to tie into the residence that I am staying in uh, with Joey and his, his wife. Oh. The song I have chosen closes side A on Pete Townsend's Empty Glass. And the song is called Cats in the Cupboard. <laughs> Cats in the cupboard, 
There you go. That was Pete Townsend, the the Grand Poobah writer for The Who there. A solo song off of Empty Glass. That song was called Cats in the Cupboard. I, I like Ugly Kid Joe's version of that, actually. That was a pretty big hit, too, you know, in The Silver Spoon. <laughs> that was good. Okay. I was going to say, what? Wait, wait, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Another another cover for you to venture out and check. <laughs> oh, no, I've heard that one. I remember when they, uh, you know, yeah. played the video a million times. A million times. I never want to see it ever again. <laughs> to this moment, I still don't want to see it again. Next All right, there's, there's no transition here. All right, so what is your next purchase, sir? Well, we actually went to another record store after that, so th- those were the only purchases at Forever Young. And then we ventured over to Docs Records and Vintage. Yes. Yeah, I like Docs. Also too. in Fort Worth. Yeah, Docs is a good place. I, I do recommend going there. 
like I said, I wouldn't not recommend going to Freveryon because it's insane. But I, I just like I, Docs. It's a good room. It's a good. It's a good room. It's it's big. It's just not as big as Forever Young. Like right. like Docs is bigger than people think, especially if you go to Forever Young first. But yeah, if you're in the Fort Worth side of things, definitely check out Docs. And we got another one to recommend after that in Fort Worth too. But for now, we are at Docs. Yeah, they've been around for about twenty plus years, different locations. Yeah. And this is a, I like this location. It's in the warehouse district, and it's basically in a warehouse. But they make it work. Right. So they and they got if you if you go there with like a wife or a girlfriend, then you can get them distracted on the bodega side because they got the people that like lend out their people that rent out the space to sell like old clothes and shit and whatever toys and plates and stuff. So you got yeah. that side of it, but then you got all the records and tapes and CDs. And that's important. If you're going to start a record store and you have that kind of space, you definitely carry all formats. I I, I appreciate that. Yeah, and they some, had a small little smattering of cassettes. Yeah, they, yeah, they had, but and, and, and I know you yeah. you love the fact that they have all the the old magazines and the yeah. old Rolling Stones and yeah. Metal Edge. Oh, I didn't get any Metal Edges. I wish. I, I every Metal Edge I've gotten locally, I've gotten there though. So yeah, uh, old Guitar World and guitar players for you guys that collect those issues, yeah. they have them there. So you guys old posters. Yeah, I like the old posters. I even if it's like overpriced shit, you're not going to buy. Yeah, it's just fun to go in there and look at it. Yeah, and. You know, they, they, they intend a little satirically, but, you know, because, like, there's some, the thing that I popped for the most was uh, they have a autographed flat of Wasp's Last Command with that lineup yeah. fully autographed, but it's in the bathroom. <laughs> <You know, it's laughs> what like, an odd place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you didn't use the bathroom in there. I did, uh, but I took a photo of that, and I took a photo of they have a, a wastebasket strictly just for paper towels because i guess they recycle them at the end which is awesome and it's got a gene simmons painted face on it so you're putting it it's almost like the the bozo you know balls in the mouth thing so you put the paper <laughs> towels in gene's mouth and the tongue sticking out and it's painted it's really wild i'll show you the picture when we when we're playing the song anyway okay. back to docs uh that was a blur for me i i feel like i was going through pretty quick because we were kind of moving fast yesterday but what did you wind up buying at Docs? I'm kind of drawing a blank right now. Uh, yeah, Docs was one of the places I made the most purchases in terms of the vinyl. I, I purchased seven pieces of vinyl. So, wow. Starting in alphabetical order, I purchased Argent in Deep. And Kiss fans tuning in, you will already know that the original version of God Gave Rock and Roll to You is on that record. Yeah. But specifically, as the, as the album opener, too, which yes. is so weird. But specifically with and, this particular copy and to. Joey was pretty uh, excited to see this and pretty much pushed me to, to get this version was oh, yeah. the fact that it it, it was an import. Uh, I believe it's it says... Uh, yeah, what country is it I don't it know from? if it's... I can't really read if it's that's, German or... I think it says England. England, right? Yeah, it's, it looks like England to me yeah. as well. So... Still has the hype sticker on the actual cover. There's no no shrink wrap, but it's all it's right. it's um it's a gatefold. Yes, but still has the printed inner sleeve, yeah. which looks in great condition, and it's on an orange Epic label. Ah, the old orange Epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah it says "Made in England." So yeah, okay. Made in England, 1988. And yeah, yeah. For all the Maiden fans tuning in, mm-hmm. but great price. Fourteen ninety eight, and, and the record's a, in great condition. So. This, is, this is a really good record. I've said on and off over the years that Arjun is unappreciated, and they had these two killer talents in that band, and Rod Argent and Russ Ballard. Uh, 
So go look up all their stuff, but check out that Argent thing. In Deep is probably their best overall record, if I had to just put a fine point on it. Not just because of the guy gave rock and roll. It's just a nice listen all the way through. But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely made a point. I almost got you to buy Russ Ballard's Fire Still Burns, and I, I I ask everybody to it's buy close. that record. But there's always a next time. It's always going to be there. I get it. Yeah. But that in deep is a nice get. Yeah, and, and if you look at the case I'm bringing home on, on the airplane with the vinyl, it, it probably wouldn't have fit. So it's right? probably yeah. a good choice not yeah, to get or, it right or now. Or the double live album that I also yeah. recommend. Yeah, yeah. By, by Argent. But anyway. Yeah, it could, it could be another time. Well, next up would be another upgrade that I, I really felt that I had to make and wanted to make. And I wasn't really thinking about it for a, a while that I really wanted to upgrade this one, but seeing it in the rack and seeing the price and seeing the condition and the inner sleeve and everything, I was just like, oh, I got to I got to get a new one because my, my first copy was only a dollar and, you know, it was nice vinyl, but... And this is one of those albums you used to be able to get a dollar all day, like, you know, 10 to 20 years ago. This yeah. was easily a dollar or two dollar record, and I really liked this record myself. Right. And I think it kind of missed out on getting that 40th anniversary push because of the pandemic and everything. Yeah. If there were plans, it probably got canceled. But yeah, I I used to be able to sell it for either between two and five dollars at any job I've ever been. And then by the time I got out of it, that thing was already up to ten dollars if it was in good condition. Yeah. And now, somewhat realistically, I guess it's up to about fifteen now, isn't it? So. Well, you are actually correct, sir. The price I paid for this copy is fourteen ninety eight, and oh, the album we are talking about, folks, is the first album from Asia. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love the first album by Asia. I think it's it's definitely one of those perfect albums of the eighties. I don't. There's not really a song I don't like on it. And you know, in terms of one of the first, I guess you call one of the first supergroups, at least of the eighties. Yeah. I just like that it's a prog supergroup that yeah. got together strictly just to write pop songs, yeah. which is kind of great on principle. Yeah. So, yeah, first Asia record upgraded mm. on that one. So, I'll uh, give my original old copy to someone else to enjoy. Yes. So that's that, and we'll move on to the next one here. And this was this was a big one for me. And as Joey knows, oh yeah, we got to play a song off. Yeah, this. we definitely got to play something off this. And this was uh, a band that I wanted to finally complete their studio vinyl the studio albums in my vinyl collection yeah. and uh got all the eps too i know they have at least a ep like at the very beginning of their career it was yeah, compacted, they, it was yeah. compacted later they, they they do have some some eps yeah. that um aren't easily available now plus they never uh, i don't think they've reissued them right but in terms but as of as far as full-length studio albums. yeah full-length studio albums i'm all good now so that that makes me very happy and yeah. the band i'm talking about here is bad religion and the record i'm talking about is from 2013 and it's true north yeah is that a uh, brooks wackerman record yes it is nice yes it brooks is on the drums there nice yeah. chad wackerman's son who played on the third infectious grooves record yes yes Groove family psycho family psycho very good record very very yes good it is he was like 14 or 15 when yes. he played on that record it was after the bad for good days right yeah, yeah. and uh, which is great it's like i expected to see chad wackerman in the thank yous but uh, the band especially thanked 
uh, his dad and his mom for driving him to and from practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, back to bad religion. We we love bad religion here, yes. and yeah, I like True North. True North is a is a nice strong record from the last couple of uh, years there. And I would, honestly, I would just say let's play the title track. Right, the first song on the album, Done. True North. Great True. great song. Minute and fifty six seconds. So Beautiful. Don't have to sit around after, long to hear it. After ten minutes of talking, we're going to yeah. go with a one. No, I'm just kidding. Well, we we, wanna... we sh- no, we should do that. It's going to be a long show. So here you go, okay. title track, True North, Bad Religion. Turn it up. True North by Bad Religion from the album True North. Easy enough. Go check it out. What's your favorite Bad Religion album? I'm just going to throw that one Recipe out Recipe for Hate. The first one that really got me into the band, thanks to Mr. Frank Verderame, if you're tuning in. Yeah. Uh, it is Recipe for Hate. I love that record, and That's to this good. day, it is my favorite Bad Religion album. That's a good one. It's hard to argue. I don't think I'm going to now, so... Let's just uh, let's move on. What All else right. you got? This we're still in docs, right? Yes, we are. Next record up is another one I needed in terms of a band that I'm trying to get. Not every studio album on vinyl, but I really wanted to get stuff from the '70s into the early '80s, as it's you know it's my favorite part of of the band's career. And I think I back most of this band's catalog with maybe two or three exceptions. So. Yeah, I don't hate the '80s records, but it's yeah. just. You know, in after a certain yeah. record, I'm no, talking I, about. No, I, I got you. I mean, just for preference and you know, room and you know, how much room do I have right yeah. now? Yeah, no, I'm, real, I'm real fo- estate is key. I, uh, yeah, I get it. I'm I focusing it. on the era that I really want for now, but yes. maybe someday I will yes. get the other ones. Yes. But the band I'm talking about is Queen, and the album I'm talking about is Queen Two, uh-huh. and it's the Hollywood Records pressing. Yeah. So nice, nice price once yeah. again. Not 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 overpriced. I didn't yeah. feel so. Queen Two. Doing. That that is the uh, 
As far as I understand, the album that is responsible for Extreme becoming a band. Oh, really? Because according to a few interviews I read with like some of the guys in there, I think it was mostly Gary and Nuno that when they initially started talking to each other, when they just met up somewhere, like just started talking one day, like at a show or someplace, and the conversation got on Queen and specifically Queen 2, and it became a, I love that record, I love that record too. And it's one of those like unpopular albums with no hit single on it. It's like their powerage, as I like to say, <laughs> even though it predates it. But it's like, yeah, that was the bond that they shared right away. And that led to the band starting. So I always like hearing stories like that to find cool. out what the journey is. But And it definitely makes sense when you consider their their um their their, their melodies with their vocals oh, yeah. on the records. Yeah. For sure. And it's it's proggy, but also has a lot of pop going on too. So it's just a little bit of both of those things. Yeah. So yeah. And and I've I've never watched Bohemian Rhapsody, but for some reason Awful. over over the last, you know, five, six years or so, I've really gotten more into Queen. Yeah. You know, I've just really gotten more into That's... their music that instead of just listening to the greatest hits yeah. You know, I, I want to listen to the to the records. Yeah. You know, I, I really enjoy listening to the studio albums, like Sheer Heart Attack. I mean, oh, amazing, uh, amazing, amazing record. News of the World, I, yeah. I always go to bat for it because... I, like, I, feel, I love News of the World. That's I, the first Queen record I ever had. Yeah, and that's awesome because, I mean, it is a killer top-to-bottom record. Yeah. Like, even if you're sick of hearing We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions... I care. I hate the fact... I, I, call, I say that that and School's Out are very similar because people only know the beginning of the album, and if they ever bother to actually listen to the rest of the album, they would be like, man, this is amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Go yeah. get it. But what we got coming up here? Well... What's the, next in the rack and also how I would file it? Yeah. I notice it's alphabetical. Yeah, so. yeah. The next one up is oh, bought for, for my girlfriend... Because she's a huge fan. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> big fan. Big fan. Watch all the time. All the time. So Ichiban. I, Ichiban. So, so, I, so I wanted to get this record. Uh, I do have a couple of uh, records by this band on vinyl already. So I'm, you know, it's another hole to fill in, in the collection for, uh, for a band. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about Rat, Dancing Undercover. Ah, my personal favorite Rat album. Oh, actually. really? Yeah. Okay. I'm an, I'm an, hey, I'm an 86 man. 86 is back, you know, Pete, like with the resurgence of Russia mm-hmm. and uh, also mm-hmm. Stranger Things taking place in 1986 this yes, year. Yes, Running Up the Hill is the number one hill. song as yeah. of this recording. I mean, so here's me. I'm I, nothing against Kate Bush, but for me, I really wish the headphone song this year had been Dance. If, if you just switch Running Up That Hill with Dance, then to me, you have a perfect year. But that's just me. Or, or Yankee Rose, if we're talking 86. But, man, yeah, I love Dancing Body Undercover. Talk. Body Talk. Just great I, 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 I think it's a better album than Invasion. And really? I think it's a better album than Reach. I think Detonator is awesome, too, by the way. So it's kind of, with me, It's it really is out of the cellar, Dancing Undercover, Detonator, or maybe the other way around. But, yeah, it's for some reason, for me, it's the odd numbers for the for Rad Albums for me. Yeah. Because I didn't like the mid-90s one that much, but Infestation is awesome. Great record. So I guess I am, you know, I'm the opposite of like Star Trek movies. Uh, the Give me the odd numbers. So Okay. And nothing wrong, nothing wrong with it. I always said like Rat and Roll 8191 is probably one of the perfect best ofs because we love a rat, but they also love a little bit of filler. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody has filler. But yeah, their singles are just top order every goddamn time. So yeah. yeah. And I just noticed, aside from the fact that it still has the original shrink wrap on it, which I'm, hey. always, I'm always in favor of, this is a Columbia House pressing. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's all right. No, I didn't. No, again, I, hey, don't, as long don't as it's really still care. got the lyric sleeve in it, yeah. and then come with some cheapy plastic sleeve, then yeah. I'm I'm good with it. I, yeah. And I have I have a good amount of Columbia House pressings Dude, still in my collection. So I kind of I kind of think like you're almost like doing it wrong if you don't because that means you didn't need at least weren't collecting in the 80s you know it's like everybody's got but it's funny that you can still find them everywhere and it's like and we all got them for like practically nothing yeah yeah <laughs> all on. of us did the ripoff who, job who, who didn't like have records sent to them under a different name <laughs> you know i never got that far i did that's uh, nice it, I, that, I was I was Eric Stacy from Faster Pussycat for, oh, for oh, the, oh there you go it's the original Cobra Hack my, I like yeah, it me and my cousin were ordering records and uh, mm. he's like well, what 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 names can we choose and we were just looking mm. at our tapes and <laughs> all right I'm gonna choose Eric Stacy Eric Stacy it's so and I love it <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> okay yeah so you know Columbia House I'm sorry but you know listen later on I did do the Columbia House thing legit. And, and paid my bills and yeah, okay. stuff like that. All right, so, but sure. I was, yeah, listen, okay. I was only 11, 12 years old at that yeah, time. All right, so. all right Mr. Stacy. <laughs> and uh, I, I had recently done a big upgrade of this over the last few years because I still have my original copy of the thing you're about to bust out here. Yeah. Uh, I love this record. This is my, I need 10 minutes to be somewhere else, so I'm putting this on. I don't care if I'm in the car, if I'm at work, in the bath, don't matter. Yeah. This is my record. So, Pete, I was very happy that you found a really nice copy. Which really nice. Man, people... Way, way better than the one that's sitting in my bins at home right yeah. now. In terms of the cover, the vinyl's okay, but the inner sleeve and cover are yeah. really so what, beat up. So what you got there? My One of my favorite 10 minutes anyone ever did. Yeah, yeah. Same here, and it is David Lee Roth, Crazy from the Heat. Nice, yes. Yeah. To answer the trivia question that you could win drinks with, which, what album has both... David Lee Roth, the David Letterman band, Christopher Cross, and Carl Wilson on it is crazy from the heat. <laughs> Doesn't Rick Derringer play on this record too? I don't oh, know about wife. Derringer being on there. Mm. It's an Edgar Winter uh, arrangement. Album. Yeah, I'm sorry, I may have been thinking of Edgar Winter. Yeah, you're well, right. they they were in the same band together. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Edgar Winter was like his arranger and was all the way through his Vegas period. A lot of people don't know that. If he was ever going to do a cover, he's like. I'm going to use Edgar. And I think it started with, like, I want to do a cool version of Easy Street. How would you approach it nowadays? Mm -hmm. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, because Easy Street is an Edgar Winter song. It's on the second Edgar Winter group album with Dan Hartman singing. So, yeah. Yeah, fun fact. Yeah. yeah. Thank, you, thank you for that. <laughs> Great EP. Definitely recommend if... I can't imagine anyone, you know, listening to the show hasn't heard this ep but yeah. if you haven't yeah, yeah definitely it, definitely seek it out make a damn point people and yeah if you're just or, getting into van halen you know and it's part of the trip yeah yeah we'll go on to the next one and it's a record by someone that we've we've already talked about today and we've already played a song and definitely wanted this one for a while my brother was always pushing for me to try to get a copy you know we would see copies at princeton record exchange in new jersey they'd, they'd be kind of beat up pretty beat up actually this copy here that i'm holding in my hands is really nice and it actually still has the original poster inside yeah and i am talking about yeah i found that one for you yes that, yes thank you sir <laughs> i remember that <laughs> i am talking about and this one is not the short name of Pete, we have Peter Townsend. Oh, Peter Townsend. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, this may be his very first solo album, Who Came First. 
I mean, that makes sense with the title, yeah. but also, like, it looks like the oldest one I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, jo- Joey played me up as, like, the authority on The Who, but listen, I don't know every single <laughs> fucking thing in terms of, like, the first solo record, but I think this is the first solo record by, by Peter Townsend. When I ask you a question about The Who, I say you better. <laughs> so, all right, go ahead. That was good. Thank that was you. Good. So, yes. That's from, from Docs? From, from Docs, yes. All right. There are CDs, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, not only did I pick up a cassette, not only did I pick up vinyl, all three but forms. I did pick up some CDs, yes. Yeah. yes. All, all three great formats right yes. there. So, first one up, and again, I, I walked over to Joey, I was like, I know you're not going to tell me not to buy this, and it was the first album by Degeneration. Ah, yes, that, that's the, I almost call it the aborted Chrysalis album, because yes, it technically came out, but it was like dead on arrival. Not just because it wasn't being marketed, but I think the album kind of got killed off. Like, well, I'll be dead up honest with you. Growing up in in Brooklyn and you know going to the record stores at the time and in my neighborhood anyway, we used to really see that degeneration in the used section very often. I imagine so. A lot of cutout copies. Yeah, a hundred percent of them were probably cutout. Yeah, copies. so I used to see it all the time and going like, who is this band? Like yeah. you know. And, you know, I, I'm a New Yorker, obviously, but, you know, yeah. you would think I would know a lot more back then about, yeah. like, you know, I'd be more in tune with Degeneration, but yeah. I, I kind of wasn't. And then, you know, they opened for Kiss yeah. when I saw the when I saw um, the reunion tour. Yeah. I but, just figured you ran to Jesse and Howie, like, every other no, day no, living I out just, there, you know. You know, when I heard, like, about like, Howie Pyro and he passed away recently, yeah. you know, no, no, I was yeah. never really, like, that entrenched sure. in, in the scene yeah. where I knew, like, all those type of people. Yeah. You know, more like in the hardcore... Yeah bands and in the, in the yeah. late 90s yeah. and and th- this is a pretty good record uh it's one of those things where they basically took the best songs off of this album and then rolled it into their sony album so when they got onto sony they basically like well we're gonna we're definitely gonna re-record everything that that gets moved over to this one so it, it's interesting it's almost like a demo of the first album even though it was produced to be a major release on a major label so, and I still remember the fact that No Way Out was a single twice. I do remember hearing it, was it? as the release for this album. And then I remember it coming out like two years later again. I'm like, I know that song. And I was like, oh, they're still playing it. That's kind of cool. They're still playing a few years later. And I found out, oh, it's a new thing with a new recording. And good on them, by the way, because the Sony album is way better. And like I said, I, I think it's so cool that you found a nice Chrysalis copy. But the second album, yeah, No Lunch, the second first album, <laughs> No Lunch, produced by Rico Kasich, damn near perfect album also. Mm. But yes, this is this is kind of like the gateway to that record. So if you don't have anything by him on CD, you're doing it right. You got the first first album. So yeah, yeah excited about that for you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I got to pick this up because I didn't give them a real good shot in the 90s. So, and you know, I've uh, some, some friends that I know have, have uh, talked them up so I figured if they like them, I'm probably going to like them. Yeah. So the next one on the CD list, there's only three, is another upgrade. I, I like to do upgrades, people. So the next one up is a sealed copy, and I was really happy about that. It was nice and sealed because the original one I bought was used, and it was a little tattered even then. And so I got a nice new copy of an original CD of Primus Pork Soda, ah, the Digipack nice. version. Nice, yeah, and it's hard to find good-looking digipacks. Of yeah, that. this even, thing is like pristine. Yeah, and I, I was even telling them I took I take really good care of my CDs, always have, and my pork soda ego pack is like it looks like it's been through it, and I have no idea why, but it's just one of those things. combination of 
you know, taking it out of the of the rack, probably moving, you know, at times. Yeah, I guess. That's what I think happens to yeah. some of my CDs. You know, yeah. I, I try to take, like, the best care of them, and then inevitably you get some, you know, some yeah. little damage here and there. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So, and the third CD up, and again, I walked over to Joey, and I said, well, I could finally finish off this little collection in my, my CD collection, and it is Van Halen's Balance. It was the nice. last one I needed yeah. out of the Sammy Hagar era. Nice. I love balance. So yeah, easy right there. Yeah. So that was that was our visit to Docs, and that is everything I bought at Docs. Yeah. And then we went over to the other side of the bridge of Fort Worth, and we were going up to Panther City Vinyl. Yes. And but first, we did stop off and have lunch with Randy. Hey, what's up, Randy from what's the Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions? Shout out to Heim Craft Barbecue. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, Panther. I like and. Panther is one of the smaller oh, well, record stores. Good room, though. Okay, so we yeah, we didn't talk about the ones that I picked up at Panther yet. There are only three. Talk about this one first in, in terms of uh, Panther. Who was it? Panther City Records. If I'm Panther City Vinyl. Panther City Vinyl. Okay. PCV. Yeah. So, another upgrade. <laughs> like I said I like this my is, upgrades. This is, this is redundant at this point. we got more who. Re- more who related. Redundant for those Mr. Bungle fans listening. So, the next one up here... And it's related to the ooh once again. And this is a record. I bought this record quite a few years ago at Generation Records, actually, in New York City. They had a, a promo copy. And the cover was really, really fucked up. But I didn't care. It was, you know, the record was like $4. And the vinyl itself looked okay. Uh, but then I did find out that there, there were some little issues with the vinyl. So when I saw this copy, I was like, got to upgrade it. Only four ninety nine. And it's John Entwistle, Too Late the Hero. Yeah. That's what I like about Panther City is that their prices are nice and realistic, and they clearly, they don't have a lot of space, but that's actually to the customer's advantage because they literally want to price this stuff to move. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I really, really enjoy about Panther. They, I have never seen them, like, really super overprice anything. Even, like, an out-of-print collectible. Yeah. For what... For where the market is on some of these albums, they do a great job at not jacking it up too much. Yeah, it was it was difficult to put some stuff back in the rack. Like I didn't I didn't get that nine inch nails pretty hate machine that I had in my hand. Yeah. It was only like eighteen ninety nine. I yeah. figured out no, maybe I'll get it I'll get it somewhere yeah. else some other time. Yeah, you'll be able to find it. You know, but there was again room to consider how much I could yeah. bring my case home and all. So anyway, the next one up. This is again something my brother had played up for a long time for me to try to pick up if I found a copy. And, once again, related to The Who. And it is Rough Mix, Pete Townsend, and Ronnie Lane. And I haven't heard a ton from this, but what I have heard from it I really, really liked. So I'm really looking forward to listening to this one. Ronnie Lane, big talent there from the faces. Yeah. That that sounds like a good mix. I like that. I've seen that out and about in my jobs over the years, and I've never actually listened to it. So I'll definitely make a point. So we're going to finally feature a song here, and it's from your third purchase here at Panther City Vinyl. Yes. And, this, and then another one, another one that I really, really needed to complete a certain yeah. era. Yeah, this is real nice. Like, you you might see this record in stores, but it ain't going to look this good. Yeah, exactly. And that was what was the most mind-blowing about it is, yeah. this thing is fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. And it looks this good? Yeah. How is that even possible? I was like, there's got to be something wrong with it. I don't know. I've seen so many fucked up copies of yeah. this album over the years. Well, you know, Joey and I, we looked at the record. We looked at... Actually, it's a cutout, too. That we didn't even Yeah, but that. it doesn't matter because yeah. it's on the, the part that's supposed to look like a stain. So it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. So if you haven't figured it out yet, you, we're talking no, about a stain on the bottom of the box and, and all. We are talking about Alice Cooper 
Muscle of love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even 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 Chris Penn out there. If you saw this copy, Chris, you would not get mad at us for not buying it from you because man, this thing is gorgeous looking. You would have bought it too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but you know, Rhino Records they, for and f- for whatever reason did not reissue this one. Probably like you said because of the packaging scheme. Yeah, the box and everything. it costs way too much money at this point. Yeah. People aren't going to pack that up yeah. in, th- and, in droves. So it's just. I really, I don't ever anticipate it ever looking like that ever again. Yeah. I think they'll, I think the next time it comes out, it might be some sort of gatefold kind of thing. I just hope it doesn't look as bad as the Friday music version. That yeah, well, like, for one thing, you're not going to get that Warner logo anymore. You're going to get yeah. that new Warner Records logo that they're oh, using now. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. I didn't even I think that. about that. I hate that. that logo. I hate it too. So yeah, and the center ring on the label is not going to be the, the palm tree label most likely. It's going to be some ugly ass new label. That's awful. But, hey, um... Can I call an audible? Can I can I pick the song off of uh, this? I was gonna say you're gonna pick the song because I, I was gonna say you're you're really the authority on Alice, so I think you should pick the song off this one. Uh, it's not so much that I'm not trying to flex, but no, I not even this this not. ties in well to your visit as well. And I know it's summertime in New York City, but you know when you come out to Texas, we invented summer. You know, like we invented hot apparently at this point, and uh, the Sahara's got nothing on us in the summer. So it's only apropos that we play. Working up a sweat. All right.
All right, there you go. Working up a sweat by the original Alice Cooper group, 1973. Three. God, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it's the odd man out of that original run. It's got everything going against it, all the way up to what we talked about, where it's not really getting reissued. It's not produced by Bob Ezrin. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, and it, it, it does smack of being a little road weary. But there's a lot of charm in it, too. And I think it's an album worth listening to. So go get it. And, yeah, Pete said off air, is like, I'm surprised you didn't go with Big Apple Dreaming. And I was like, I'm, I'm too heat drunk to even, like, <laughs> think that smart at this point. So I thought you were going to go with the New York tie-in. I, I thought so, too. But you know what? I, just, I was kind of feeling working up a sweat right now. Okay. And they're both great songs. But, yeah. So, yes, let's move on here. Yeah, well, then we're going to move on to the headliner in terms of the record stores visited. uh, The headliner, the main event, the showstopper. Yes, yes. Our boy. So, as I said, yeah, we're going to talk about the headliner here in terms of the stores we visited as we happen to be recording today on Record Store Day, the World Record Store Day drop here on June 18th, 2022. So, we attended the Record Store Day event at Good Records. Yeah, it's always a good time, and there's always if they get every title, and if and if they didn't get it, it's not their fault. I always say that, but it's true, and yeah, no complaints, and it's just it's consistency, it's fun, and that's why I go there specifically. There's there's a lot of games in town, but it's the best game in town. All right, that's enough of a commercial, goddamn. <laughs> good records, goodrecords.com. Go now. Yeah. All right. So. And the the cool thing for me though personally is that I've been ordering from Good Records via mail order since like well, 2017. Yeah, like the last location. Yeah. So yeah, so I you know it it was nice to finally actually go there in person, and see the store, meet Chris, browse around. So that that was that was really fun, and you know like like you said, great yeah. store. Yeah, they were happy to have you too. So yeah, yeah as far as I could tell. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to have you too, Pete. Um, but yeah, like the cool thing was like, and this is really, in my opinion, yes, the exclusive titles are cool, but what Record Store Day is all about is also just buying stuff at a record store. So it's for everybody, and buy whatever you want. Don't yeah. feel pressured to buy the exclusive titles. If you don't have a copy of Purple Rain, go buy it that day. Yeah. It's fine. They'll they'll appreciate that just as much as anything else. Because trust me, most stores are not completely worried about selling most of the Record Store Day titles. They're going to sell through. They're going to sell out at some point. Some that day. Some maybe next month. Okay, there might be a few that stick around for a few years. But yeah, do a little bit of both. Yeah. And, and Pete, you definitely did. I definitely did. I was going to say, you when you hear the titles I, I bought, you're going to say, yeah, you didn't give yeah. a shit. You just bought whatever you yeah. wanted. And again, filling holes in my collection yeah. that I really, really yeah. needed. Yeah. All right. So let's go. What, what did you get? Well, the first one up is The Beatles. Oh. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the Anniversary Edition. Yeah. This uh, is. It was released uh, 2017. Yeah. I'm assuming this is an upgrade. Like, well, I don't even own this album oh, on vinyl. Whoa. I have the, I have the CD, but I've never owned it on vinyl. So yes, I know. Like, that's okay. You know, I appreciate I, your honesty. I have a few. I have a few Beatles records, but yeah. the ones that I'm going to talk about here, I still haven't had. But and it's mostly because the prices were a little, you know, outrageous. Even though yeah. the last few years, it's been pretty brutal. Because and I, I actually found out through Penn and a few other people that like stores. We're so desperate to get Beatles the last few years that they would get the imports in. Yeah. So some people just jack up prices. And some people just price them as best as they can. So that's really what 
a lot of people trying to get Beatles albums the last few years have been victims of, and that that's all. Anyway, right. Back back to you. Yeah. So the, the the titles I picked up, like I said, the the prices were definitely better than I've seen uh, online and and in other stores physically. Yeah. Uh, it's so a really think, nice copy. Yeah, right? really, really nice. So yeah. I'm looking forward to And I've heard great things about this anniversary edition of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So yeah. I'm re- really looking forward to hearing it. Yeah. Giles Martin on the remaster board, you know, the whole thing. So, yeah. And the yeah. other tie-in to this is that I, I had to buy something to, to bring the records home in. So I yeah. bought the uh, Crosley <laughs> Beatles Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band vinyl case. Yeah, the vinyl case. home. Very important. Case, not the player. Yes. The, yes, the case, not the player. Definitely so. hate the player, not the case. <laughs> so I told Joey, I was like, I can't not walk out of here with a Beatles record in the... There has to be a Beatles record in this case. <laughs> right, right. So I ended up with three. So yeah. Sergeant Peppers, and the next one we're going to talk about here is another anniversary edition. Uh, I didn't realize you got all these Beatles. Like, I thought you got... I know you got Sergeant Pepper. I didn't realize you got all these oh, other yeah. ones. This is great. Oh, yeah. Finally got motherfucking Abbey Road oh, on vinyl. Yeah. What the hell was I waiting for? I have no idea. But I got it. Yeah. Abbey Road on vinyl. Good, good for you. Yeah. So really really looking forward to finally hearing that on vinyl. And then the... Th- you could finally A.B. Aerosmith and the Beatles doing Come Together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I, if I so Properly, choose. Properly. <laughs> on principle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so the next one up, again, another one I've really wanted on vinyl for a while. And it, But again, price would sometimes play into the decision if I'm going to buy it at a certain store. And good records really didn't make that difficult. It is Let It Be. All right. Yeah. So you got three banger classic Beatles albums right yes. there. Why don't we do a twofer? Pick two songs from these three Beatles Ooh. albums. That's going to be a tough one, isn't it? I think I'm going to go with something off Abbey Road and Let It Be. Not, okay. not to disparage no. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely no. Hearts Club Band, but come on, people. How many times have we heard Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with a little help from my friends? Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I mean, it's yeah. an amazing album, but, you know. Well, think about also the, the What If, where, where, you know, it's like if they put the single out, then it doesn't go on the record. So this album... The, sort of the original intention was to have Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. Imagine that. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway. So yes. but, you know, obviously great album tracks yeah. too. It's we not know, like it's we're great. just talking like, about the singles. I, I don't play songs off Pet Sounds for the same reason. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I got you there. Got like Lovely Rita. You know, this is oh, Lovely Rita is great. That, that's the most fun one to play on the guitar for my money. Oh, yeah? The chord changes are great. Anyway. So it's it's hard for me to resist playing something from Sgt. Pepper's but I do kind of want to play these two tracks that I, I just really, really love from uh, Abbey Road and um, and Let It Be. So, and I know I might I might be you know picking something that's not so obscure or anything to, uh, to right. Beatles fans, but in terms of Abbey Road, I, I would love to play I Want You, She's So Heavy. Oh yeah, that's just, and just, that's I, not that obvious. I love that song. It's love only song. obvious if you grew up on the Doctor Feelgood album like we did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and let's not let's not forget the great cover by Coroner of "I Want You, She's So Heavy." Wow. Have you ever heard that? No. You must hear that. I must, huh? I, I think so. Right. I think you'll be I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Because I know it. you're thinking Coroner, and you're thinking, yeah. "What is this shit going to sound like?" But <laughs> if you listen to it, trust me, I think you'll okay. be pleasantly surprised. All right. All right. So it's is it is it as good as Donald Pleasant's version from Sgt. Pepper the movie? <laughs> I don't even remember yeah. that yes. right now. Yes, Dr. Loomis actually covered I Want You. You should hear it, folks. With the Bee Gees backing him up, of course. Oof, that's a rough movie. I haven't seen that in a very long time, and yeah. you know, with good reason, because it's pretty yeah. fucking terrible. Commie. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, 
next one up, we're talking about Let It Be, right? So yeah, you know, again, not not super obscure or anything, but across the universe. Oh, that's that's a favorite of mine. Yeah. All right, so great great two for coming up right here. I want you, she's so heavy, and then we're gonna like go right into the great across the universe. <laughs>
Nice little Beatles twofer. Two of the better Beatles songs of all time. I want you. And in parentheses, She's So Heavy. Devin's going to love that one. And, of course, closing off with Across the Universe. I still say that the Sgt. Pepper, the movie, is better than the Across the Universe movie. There's a hot take. Not really. It's it's They're both bad acted movies like what am i what am i not seeing in sergeant peppers that, that you you believe it's a good movie because uh, when i when i tried to watch 
I couldn't even like watch the whole entire thing. I just thought this movie is just really like wacky I mean, and. Like, I mean, it's really just for the songs, you know. Yeah. Like, like I said, the absurdity of Donald Pleasance, who is known as Doctor Loomis from the Halloween series, singing "I Want You." Of course, Steve Martin nails Maxwell Silver Hammer. He's amazing. He hams it the hell up, and it's great. Alice Cooper doing because as a guy with a big, huge mustache, and he's on a weekend pass. Okay, so maybe, maybe, maybe I'm being Asylum. a little harsh, because I did sure. see it, like, I mean, you you're, know, you're thinking of Starguard and all that kind of stuff. I probably, like but you got to remember, I probably didn't yeah. see this movie for the last 20 years, so I was I was yeah. probably a bit younger and not yeah. as willing to, you know, be a little more open-minded. Yeah. So keep that in mind, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, I, I didn't say it was a good film. I just said that it's better than Across the Universe. Okay. I mean, to me, I mean, all day long, Alice Cooper over Bono. <laughs> you know, I'm just just got to put it out there. Okay, it's it's a fact and it's just a thing. Okay, all right. So moving on here, next good records title. Yes, yes, is another hole I had to f- fill in my collection. Well, speaking of Alice Cooper, yeah, speaking of Alice, we got another Alice Cooper record here, folks, and it is the Last Temptation, the music on vinyl pressing. Ah, MOV, very important. That yeah. that is, I will say, music on vinyl. If you're if you're out there buying vinyl and you see the stamp that's always going to be on front that says music on vinyl that's an actual like company yeah and they take pride in their pressings they are they do like to upcharge a bit their stuff is consistently on 180 gram but also but they're imports though joey right they're they're imports like i think 99 percent of the time yeah. if not 100 percent. i think i yeah i think it's 100 yeah. percent. so that being said imports a little more expensive and but they do take pride in their sound quality. Yes. If you get something on that label and it doesn't sound good, you probably just have a defect and just you need That's to contact true. them. Their stuff always sounds really good. So for that reason, you know, this is a, you get what you pay for on the other side of things. So yeah, this but the, is, but the great thing is is you really get your money's worth in other ways. If you're you know if you're like me and you like you love when a reissue comes out and it has the original center ring, it has the original inserts. Music on vinyl always delivers. You always get the original label. They just put the music on vinyl stamp uh, within. But you know, you, you're always pretty much guaranteed to to get a replica of the original pressing. Not always, but yeah. I'd say ninety eight percent of the time. All right, so I'm tasked with picking the song off of this record. And by the way, you should check out this record. It is one of the great Alice albums that nobody talks about. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get it is because I haven't heard it probably in a very long time, and yeah. I had heard how great it is, yeah. you know, and how like o- overlooked it was. And I'm actually like a lot of hardcore fans. Unlike a lot of hardcore fans, I am not a hater of the Trash album, the first album he did for Epic. That's the big hit album. I really like it. But out of the three Epic albums he did do for Epic Records, it's my least favorite, only because I think Hey Stupid and Last Temptation are so much better. So that's really why. So there's no bad record out of that run. It's just that Trash is the least best for my money. Well, I already agree, and I've talked about this with you, I already agree that Hey Stupid is a way better record than Trash. Oh, by a galaxy. Yeah. Uh, but this one's really cool because it's going back to the conceptual thing. So it's right. really, it's not so much the follow-up to Hey Stupid as it is the follow-up to Alice Cooper Goes to Hell. Oh. And it even oh, wow. de- And even Steven is the main character in this record. Oh, no shit. A lot of people don't know that. But if you read the graphic novel, you get tons of background on it. Oh, okay. And when, that's why the CD originally came with the volume one of the comic. So there's all that in there. So... 
now you can get the compendium with all three volumes and you can get the whole story and all that. But anyway, that all being said, that's for another Alice-centric episode. But I, I'm not going to play my favorite, favorite song because it's long and this is a long show. So Sideshow is my favorite. <laughs> Lost in America is the song that everybody knows. You go see Alice tomorrow, he might be playing that. That's even money right there. There's so much good stuff on here. It's weird. There's the handful of songs that were written by Shaw Blades. There's the handful of songs that were written by Chris Cornell. Somehow, those two ingredients all make sense on this one album. Yeah, who would ever put those guys together? It's just one of those things, yeah. So, I'm going to go with this one right here. It's it's part of the concept, but I really like it, and it's very vintage Alice sounding, but it has a great modern sound as well. It's just a great mix on this album. So I'm going to go with Lullaby. All right.
sweat and blood, demon breath out of my face. Get down, back where you started. All right, we were just talking about Last Temptation by Alice Cooper, another one of Pete's purchases out here in the DFW area, and specifically from the Great Good Records, the Alice Cooper Authority of Vinyl Record Retailers. If you don't believe me, you're going to know more about that even sooner than later. Let's say at the end of the summer. I'll talk about some more later. Okay, back to the show. What we got next, Pete? The next one up, sir, is another record I, I'd been wanting to add as far as one of the great live albums ever recorded, that I know of, anyway. Mm. And I will know, say I, warts and all. Like, it's one of those, like, they definitely didn't sweeten this record. No, no, <laughs> no, definitely not. But, there's, there's, you know, there's some good tasty jams going on on this yeah. from the last time I heard it. So seeing it on vinyl and, and the price was right, I figured, you know what? I don't have enough stones just yet. You yeah. know, I got I got some of my favorite studio albums, but still still definitely need some, you know, quintessential stones yeah. studio records. But figured, you know what? I'm gonna get this live record because I, I've I don't even have it on C D. Yeah. you know, I've had the digital version for quite a while. That still doesn't narrow it down when you say stones and live albums. Right. That's yeah, like I saying mean, I wanted to get this live rush album or live yeah. maiden album. Kiss. Which one is it, sir? <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about Get Your Yaya's Out. Ah, with yes. Mr. Charlie Watts. On Which the is like, I think it's like the second live album, the second official one at least, because there was a one in the early days, and that's the second one. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one right there. Of course, like the one you hear on the comps is always Midnight Rambler, which is awesome. You know, I wouldn't be mad if you did play that, but. Recorded pick, at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. But please, pick whatever you want off this. It's, it's a must-own. I'm going with the opener because it just fucking kicks ass. Jumping Jack Flash. Woo! The version of Jumping Jack Flash. All right. Hey, kid, you like rock and roll? All right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
All right, we just got our yayas out with the Zeroning Sturge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, even though it's it's you know, I, I am sad about Charlie's passing still, but every time I see that album cover, it just gives me joy. And yeah. so that's that's it's what it's record. all about. Great album cover. Yeah, and and also I, I know you were just kissing up to Penn there, just trying to endear yourself to him. You know, the Rolling Stones is his favorite band. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No, that's great. All right, moving on. This one, I really popped for this one too. And this was the that, last one that I that I that I picked. Yeah, not a surprising purchase because I would know you to like this band, but it's always just nice to see. Yeah, another shout uh, out to uh, Frank Verderame because he initially got me into this album when he bought the CD back in the day on Ryko Disc. Ooh, you always said it had an annoying case that you couldn't replace. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> fucking green. If that thing got there. cracked, you were screwed. You were screwed. I've I've seen a lot of Bowies on clear yeah. over the years in used stores. Like ah, <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> so we're talking about Sugar Copper Blue. Yeah, great record. Great fucking Bob Mold. Yeah, goddamn living legend. Who's could do? One of our finer citizens out there too, and. Still putting out amazing music. People say still. I think he's putting out his best stuff now. What do you guys think of that out there? Anyway, but yes, the sugar stuff, quite good as well. Yeah. And it's aged well, too. Yeah. So, so, I don't have much else to say about yeah, it, Yeah, I mean, we'll keep, keep it really simple. The, we're gonna, the, the track I would play is the first track I ever heard, which is the opening track. First track I ever heard from Sugar. So, let's play the act we act. All right. Turn this one up, folks. <laughs>
All right, a little sugar right there. The act we act. Copper blue, right? That's yeah. that's good. And if you are a vinyl person, hell, even if you're just a CD person, Bob Mould has got his entire career out there, like on wax or disc or what? And we should mention this particular oh. copy of Copper Blue. It comes with a companion EP. So you're not ah. only getting the record, you're actually getting a companion EP as well. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool, yeah. especially for the price. You know? Gotcha. You can't really beat that. Yeah, like I said, if you were born into money, then just go ahead and buy all the Bob Mold box sets <laughs> yeah. that are out right now. Because, yeah, he's got... I mean, it's cool. I, I love it. It's like, uh, like I praised Phil Collins in his reissue series for putting his new face. Yeah, I thought that was on fun all too. Of them. I thought that was pretty clever. But it, just the little things, like the, each Bob Mold thing, it's got a nice photo of him basically doing the same pose on each cover, and you know, he's just kind of aging a little bit here and there, different facial hair structures, you know, different whatever. But I, I appreciate those things, and it's all uniform looking, and they're great. They're all worth you know diving into. So go get it. And this was uh, the last one here. I'm going to kind of take over this segment here because I, I told Pete, well, thanks for coming over. Thanks for playing. You get a copy of our home game <laughs> uh, over here. And this one I actually purchased uh, quite a few months ago. And I think, I could be wrong about this, but I think I purchased it out in this place that's near one of Nola's grandparents. And I will not say the name of this place, not because I don't want to plug him. But he's kind of the only game in town in this particular city that I won't mention. And he, he seems like he does pretty well. But it's kind of my speakeasy right now. It's like, I got a good thing going with this place, so I don't want to talk about it yet. Until maybe I've ravaged the entire place <laughs> upon Fair repeated enough. visits. I'm going to be an asshole and do that for right now. You but I, you, you want to hear? I'll tell you a record store day story. One of my big misses over the last few years, ever since records, and thank you, Jess Piccoli. Uh, one of my big misses over the last few years, I remember even before I was like getting mega like psychopathic about buying vinyl again, was the Ozzy Live album that came out for record store day with the Randy Road show on it. They wound up being on the deluxe edition of Diary of a Madman on the CD. Yes. But they sold the vinyl separately for Record Store Day. And that thing was gone from the word jump. I found that at this place just a few months ago. Still sealed. No jacked up price. It was definitely the same exact price than the day it came out. Around 40 bucks or something like That's that. That's amazing. And yeah, I got that. And I got like some iced T12 inches. I mean, I was like... And then this place in this rando town in Texas that no one knows about this town. You know, it's just like you drive through it and you don't go inside of it. It's one of those you just pass it by on the freeway and you see a rest stop and you and you might stop there and get some gas and get a burger and you move on. You don't go inside. If you go inside, you see the store. It's like, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so it's it's just great. I love it. And like I said, and the guy was nice. It's just this one dude in one of those house stores it's it's a house that he turned into a record store and that's it but yeah i just had to brag about that that's cool i'm i'm kind of in love with it right now and i don't go back too much but i go back enough but if i go there i know i'm going to drop at least a c note in there no doubt about it and i've already done it a couple of times but when i was there last i found this and pete i'm gifting this to you i already have a copy of this, so I'm not going to be that asshole that has two copies of it. Because it's not any kind of different pressing or variant. It's just another copy of it. And this is one of those things. I've played this on the show before. I've talked about it. 
And the fact that people still don't know this exists or this happened. Or they still have a perception that a certain band did a certain thing first before this. Sure, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a 12-inch single of a duet between Anthrax and rap artists UTFO. Not Public Enemy. Yes. And, of course, love Public Enemy. But before the Bring the Noise cover duet epic awesomeness, we had this. A, another East Coast rap act with an East Coast thrash band doing this rap metal hybrid song. And I, I just think this is so bizarre. I, maybe it speaks to the fact that UTFO wasn't a big band outside of the Roxanne Roxanne song. But this this happened between I'm the Man and bring the noise 1987 and, yeah nobody talks about it so they basically did it in the same year as i'm the man so i'm i'm just i'm fascinated by the existence of this i've read every anthrax interview i feel like i have read every anthrax interview from the last 35 years and this never gets brought up <laughs> you're right i didn't even know about this until you brought it up yeah i was under the same perception that the first time Anthrax recorded, you know, anything with another hip-hop group, it was Public Enemy. Yeah. I had no idea about this. Yeah. UTFO and Anthrax. UTFO have the lead on the on the cover because it really is just their track with Anthrax kind of contributing a little bit to it. A little guitar, a little Charlie drums. But the other interesting thing about this is, you know, like when they did Bring the Noise in 91, Joey was basically out of the band. Yeah. You see him in the video and he's yeah. b-boying it up as a DJ. Yeah. He doesn't have anything to do with the track. He probably wasn't even in the studio that day. I, I'm willing to bet yeah. he probably wasn't. Yeah. yeah. But you want to hear Joey on a hip-hop track? Now you can. Now you can. If you have this song or you, you just keep tuning into the show for the next few minutes, you're going to hear it. You, if you're a really extra next-level friend of the show, you've already heard me play this song, but... How can I not keep playing this? I'm going to keep playing this until people take fucking notice of it. <laughs> or so, until Anthrax decides to reissue it <laughs> somehow yeah, well, on something. Here's hoping. you know. Anyway, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's just this weird anomaly. Maybe there's something there. Maybe maybe there was a falling out. Maybe, maybe UTFO and them weren't cool with each other. Maybe something got bungled and it's just sour grapes. And so they're just keeping it hidden. I, I just don't know. But I just think it's interesting that it's just never talked about. And I think it's another little fun bit here for me personally just seeing it is you know this thing was released on select records in 1987 and you know we would know to select records to go on to release the jerky boys the original jerky boys tapes the original two bar tape yeah there you I go mean, classic ah, crank two calls, bar. you know the classic crank call tapes and if i'm not mistaken the you know the head of select records was crazy joe from crazy joe and the variable speed band you know eugene uh, uh. Eugene. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, for the Kiss fans, another yeah. little fun Ooh, fact that yeah. kind of ties to Kiss. Yeah. That's going to be weird. I, I'm, I've been putting off doing the Kiss Family Tree episode because I know it's just going to beat the weirdest episode ever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you got Crazy Joe and Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, <sighs> Vinnie Vincent could just get his own episode in terms yeah. of craziness. <laughs> oh, sure. I think I might just play Instant Replay to represent old Vinnie when I get to it. <laughs> But until then, check this out. UTFO and Anthrax, and this song is called Lethal.
equivalent to deadly And if you came to battle homeboy, I hope you're ready Cause that will be the slayer, EFD will be the preacher Kingo will be the lord, why McMaster tries to teach you Not to fuck with the crew, because we take on all comers Slaying the scums through the winters and the summers When I perform, I wear rings that are nugget And you can best believe I'm coming, rough and rugged Don't get me upset, cause I persist to doubt you Beat you in your face, cause I don't give a damn about you I make you lose control of your physical anatomy Smile on my face until I'm gone Not the show here today. Figured we'd do some East Coast for Mr. East Coast over here, Pete Larusa. Also, I guess this is going to be a little weird. I mean, you've been on the show before, 
years ago. 2016. Yeah. Was I already using the outro song by that point? Yes. Help me uh, out. Yes. Here. Yes. We, Spacebeard had recorded the WKRP outro song by that point, yeah. and we were about to put out our second record, Gone. Yeah. I was using, I, you're like the double O zeros to me, like what they were to Howard Stern. Like, you remember the H O W A R D song? Like, he loved like that old recording so much. He just played it all the time. And then later on, they recut it. I, I felt so important when you guys went in and did that. So oh, it was fun. I get to finally face to face. Thank you for that. I haven't done um, that since you've been no, here. It was our I, pleasure. I mean, we, we had so much fun doing it. And, and in actuality, that song was, that outro was actually only recorded by myself and the drummer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give the drummer some credit. Yeah. We, we yeah, Andrea, he's like you he 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 handed me the bass. He's like you you know it better, so you play it. Oh. So it's the only Space Beard recording that oh. that the band doesn't play on entirely. Well, I mean our first record is yeah, again, yeah, it's, it's kind of me and Andrea cuz our drummer just, left, but you're just Billy Corgan it up, it's fine. Yeah. If you have to do that, you got to do it, you yeah. know? That's how you get a record made. But that that was our <laughs> pleasure. We we had so much fun and and the the fact is is that we were doing that outro at our shows and Joey caught on to it because Posted I posted it. I posted yeah. a live rehearsal version from Fastlane Studios just for fun, and Joey contacted me and said, "Hey, do you mind if I use that yeah. for my show?" And I was just like, "Sure, you want to use this terrible, you know, yeah. off the board recording? Yeah, yeah, go go right ahead and have fun." And then you know, it came down to, yeah. "Hey, would yeah. you?" No, no, no. no. Oh, it came down to, "Hey, would you would you want to record this like legit?" And we were already in the studio recording our second album, and Jerry I, Farley was like, "Sure, go right ahead, yeah. you know, do it. No yeah, problem." I, I will say, like, I'm sure you realize this, full disclosure, but I knew you guys were already in the studio, so I was kind of like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's that's okay." Yeah. But I will say, I uh, I will always love the original live version too. I mean, it's it's oh, me too. It's apples and oranges. But I kept it. I love it. Yeah. But I, I I like the meow more on it. <laughs> I do too. It's, to be it honest, was, it was like a per, it was the perfect version of the MTM it, cat. It, it's shorter too. It's a little yeah. shorter. Like I, I went a little long on the studio version, but yeah. no, it's all right. It's it's awesome. It's still great. That was the only. That was my only like thing I died about on that. But yeah, it's they're both great. I, I need to I need to redig up the live version. Uh, maybe just as a twofer at some point, you know. But anyway. Can always get it from I, me. I still have it. Yeah. No, I definitely have the file somewhere. But yeah, ever since I cut up the outro into the outro, I just like ah, you know. But that all being said, I never have thanked you face to face. Now that I can, I've thanked you many wow. times over the years. But it was tremendous. And I know for sure if you contact Pete, uh, he's got Space Beard music for you. And uh, I know he's got some physical product. Yeah, I know. Listen, I know, guys, I, if you want, you want a CD. I, I'm not even going to ask people to pay for it eh, anymore at this point. Throw, so. th- I, I'm saying it out there. Throw Pete a few bucks, at least for shipping. Yeah, you'll get some quality. Yeah. You'll get some quality music from him. Yeah, if and, you want to pay, if you want a CD and you pay for the shipping, I'll, I'll send you one for nothing. Because yeah. you know we're, we've been broken up for a while. Yeah. I've, I've got some CDs sitting around, and the music's got to go to somebody. I don't want these CDs to be sitting with me forever. So yeah. no, but I, I will say quality music. And I would say that even if I didn't know you. I barely know the guys in Fort Worth from the band Huffer, and I always told them, this sounds like arena-ready stuff. Well, I, I, like and I want to tell you face-to-face because we never have, but I really appreciated how much you pushed the band. You know, Because in New York, to be honest, we were nothing. We, we mm. didn't really do anything. Yeah. We, we got to do a couple of records, and I'm really, really proud of the fact that you know we paid a lot of money to do those records, and you, yeah. know, and you could hear them forever now on Spotify and Amazon and, and other places, yeah. and they're going to be out there forever. So... Yeah. 
Check sure. out Listening and check out Gone. And, you know, if, if you want a physical copy, you know, we've got plenty left. Yeah. So yeah, Space Beard, one word, by the way, Space Beard. Yeah. Yeah. That is based off a of space bear, I assume. Yeah. Of course, it is yeah. always a, it's always a kiss reference oh, when, when it comes yeah, to me. Yeah. But yeah, my cousin was originally in the band, and you know, both of us love the Ace Tom, uh, the Kiss Tom Snyder interview from 1979 from Halloween. Yeah. So yeah, we took the space yeah. bear space bear reference, yeah. added a D yeah. because my cousin was growing a beard at the time, yeah. and we were calling him Joe Beard. So hence <laughs> Space Beard. Yeah, I like it. See, I didn't know 2004 that. 2004 to 2019. And I'm not gonna say we we were we did terrible in New York, but we never blew up or anything. Mm-hmm. We never had big shows. You played, we did okay. I will say you recorded two more albums and played way more shows than I ever did, which totals zero. So well, good for you, man. Thank you. And I just and I'm just proud of the fact that we we put out those two records because you know I I came from playing drums in bands and then I fronted Space Beard and that was you know something that it took me a while to get into that you know skin yeah. of being a frontman. So I'm very proud of that band. Well, maybe someday when I when I have my own festival, I'll uh, get a Space Beard reunion out of it. And know? yeah, and I would love to yeah. do it. You know, yeah. and we probably we would entertain the thought at least at yeah. the very least, and then we'd just have to get a drummer. <laughs> I can offer you a six pack and a Playboy. All right. All right. Okay. No. Well, thank you for not you know <laughs> sending me home with you know a case of turtle wax. Oh. And instead, you sent me home with this uh, UTFO Anthrax well, record. Well, off air, I got a Texas gift pack for you. It's got a um, a CHL license. Um, an unregistered gun also. <laughs> and Okay, I'm going to get off of that. Now we're going to get into tangent. Oh, yeah, and I also have to put you in an iron claw before you get on your plane. So that way it knocks you out and you're nice and lucid, you know. Yes. Yeah. Von Erich style, Got to get Von Erich style before right. I leave here. All right. So, yeah, we, we drove by the Cotton Bowl on the way back from Good Records, which uh, hosted a lot of good classic world-class wrestling events. And I showed him where Texas Stadium used to be which yeah. is where Kerry Von Erich won the world heavyweight title from Ric Flair. Okay, enough wrestling. That's for the Wrestling House Show. You'll hear all those plugs. So, Pete, safe travels. Thanks for coming. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was great to be on the show again. And lastly, before the other last thing, if you want to know what Record Store Day purchases that were made by both of us, you're going to have to stay tuned to the I Am Vinyl feed, also a part of this network. So for all that info, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the newish plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business by Spacebeard and Mr. Pete LaRussa. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show 
a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on SiriusXM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.